wake up call, my friend, and welcome to the day. It's me, your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. Freaking Aaron Wiseman. And I am here with Dr. Felicia Sumner today. We are going to talk about her burnout and desire for more autonomy as a wife and a mother of three and how she's achieved that and how it is her continual journey. Pop into this conversation with us and then stick around afterwards for my kick of encouragement. Okay, here we go. Hey, welcome to the podcast, Dr. Felicia Sumner. It's so great to have you here, fellow Dio sister. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. All right. Tell the people out in podcasting world a little bit about yourself and what the magic you're doing in the world these days. Sure. Again, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm Dr. Sumner, Felicia Sumner. I'm a board-certified family medicine physician. I like to call myself a wellness strategist, and I have a direct primary care practice in Lansdowne, Pennsylvania, largely to encourage my sanity and empower my patients to stay sane and well as well. I'm a mama of three little divas, ages six, three, and seven months, and a happy wife. And I think that's about it for now. We'll cut it there. And I'm a fellow DO, so I'm super excited to be here. Whoop, whoop. Oh my gosh, I had my microphone muted, but when you said three divas, I was like, oh girl, oh girl. <laughs> <laughs> There is no lack of estrogen in our household. <laughs> you know, and I mean, I talk about my my youngest. She's four. I call her the alpha female wolf pup because of <laughs> all the sass that she has in this world. And even though, you know, I say that lovingly because I hope that she always stays, you know, sassy and an alpha female. Just like mm. I bet you always with yours. Like, I hope they stay divas. I hope oh, they yeah. demand it. They deserve it. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, I'm just so glad to know you and get you here on the podcast. We're going to have conversation today around your phrase of prioritizing your happiness. So, tell me a little bit about your backstory and why you picked this topic. Yeah, sure. So, uh, I'll be frank. I'm not super, super old. But I'm not young anymore, I guess. I'll have to concede to that point. And I think that my journey towards kind of prioritizing myself and my happiness started about only two or three years ago. But I've made some dramatic changes since then, which have oddly not only led to me being happier, but those around me being happier. And as a physician, I'm sure you've talked about this a number of times, Erin, in previous podcasts too, we're a little prone to burnout. I really don't particularly enjoy that term. I know that some people call it more so moral injury, but I was just getting to a point a couple years out of residency where I just I kind of felt like a, a robot, for lack of a better term. It was just what they call assembly line medicine. I was seeing patient after patient. Every 10 to 15 minutes, I had to stay up super late uh, writing notes. I felt like I never really got to the root cause for my patients. And I had a particular desire to do better for them than to just write prescription after prescription and feel like I was just upping doses and not really addressing what the heck was really going on with them. 
And aside from that, I was just getting really tired, super, super tired and super depressed, unfortunately, to be frank. And it got to a point to make a super long story short, I came into a practice with five docs. And by the end of six months of of being a newly hired attending physician, it was just me and another doctor handling the load of five doctors. And this other doctor unfortunately had to retire. Not early, he was 83, but had to retire because he was unfortunately diagnosed with cancer. So it got to a point, I think, that I was really overwhelmed. And at the time, my employer just didn't really seem to understand why for some odd reason. And at some point, it was just me and my steering wheel in the parking lot just totally bursted out crying. And I realized, I don't want to go back in there. So that was the beginning of my journey. (laughs) And my husband and I, after I was very, very frank with him, we ended up moving to the middle of nowhere, Georgia. It was a beautiful place, though. Nowhere we'd ever expected to move. But I worked in rural Georgia for a couple of years trying to find my happiness there and actually did a pretty decent job. I enjoyed the pace. I had a lot of autonomy, but unfortunately, our our social life suffered quite a bit. And we had two young kids at the time and we were away from our family and that part of our life was suffering. So with all that being said, to make a, a longer story short, we ended up moving back home and looked into going back into assembly line medicine, but just wasn't going to make me happy enough. And at the time, I was trying to prioritize being a mama as much as I was prioritizing being a physician. I wanted to be fulfilled in both roles, and it just didn't seem to work being in corporate uh, healthcare. So we found the world of direct primary care, and it changed my life. Uh, literally. That and functional medicine, um, which is about getting to the root cause of illness, I think merging the two in my career path has given me kind of the fulfillment that I need and the autonomy and independence and flexibility that I need to be happy again. And I'm just so excited that I have that. Did I answer your question? In like 100% answer. Minutes? Now we're going we're <laughs> gonna to dissect it apart because those parking lot moments mm. are so crucial. Girl, I know. So many of us, I personally, people I coach with, when I go do speaking events, when those really happen, so many things happen behind that steering wheel in parking lots that I want to like get a sign to tell people like, listen, listen to those parking mm. lot moments because that is some good shit that's coming to you. <laughs> like mine is the the phrase that comes to me, not this. Not this, Aaron. Yeah. And like listening to be like, you don't have to have parking lot mm. moments anymore. Mm-hmm. So, so important. And I think it's so critical too that you mentioned in your journey, like you got away from the first practice. You tried something. It got a little better, but in some other ways you had to pivot And I'm just so proud that you continued to pivot and that you will continue to pivot all through all of it moving forward. Yeah, it's uh, that's a great point because, you know, life is really a journey. And as we get older and wiser, our priorities change. The things that make us happy change. The things that we need to feel fulfilled changed. And I'm sure that in another couple of years, 
hopefully my DPC will be thriving and we might need to change the way we operate things in some way there. Maybe by then I can hire one of my little divas to work in the DPC and make me happier. <laughs> that's right. You're going to have diva there we DPC. Go. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's the amazing thing that when we allow ourselves to have the permission to change and to say, okay, not this, then what? That's when we start to get more answers. And it doesn't get any less scary, right? I mean, it doesn't get any less scary when you try new things. But when you prioritize you and your happiness, gosh, that like just flips the equation. Oh, yeah. And it's an ongoing everyday, you know, struggle, especially I know personally for me as a mama and a wife, sometimes you've got to put your own needs aside every now and again, of course, for the sake of those that you love and as a daughter and as a friend and, you know, all of those things. But I often say you cannot pour from an empty cup. So it's really tough for you to be able to give out to other people if you're not, you know, feeding and and replenishing and nourishing yourself emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically, all of those things I think are super important. To the point of like autonomy, like really having autonomy, not just in like what your office hours are going to be, but like having autonomy in your life to say this is important. So I'm going to prioritize that. Yeah, it truly is. I mean, particularly in the present world that we live in with COVID, kudos to my physician friends and professional women and men out there who are somehow managing COVID life at their jobs with kids at home, virtual learning and all the other madness. I don't know how it's at all even possible, truly. So I'm blessed that, you know, that we did pivot at the time that we did with three young kids. I'm not entirely certain how we would otherwise handle it without having the kind of autonomy that direct primary care has given me. Absolutely. So I have several friends that are DPC docs. Actually, one of the episodes just prior to you, I talked to two female physicians who are DPC in Indianapolis. And I know it's a little bit like drinking the Kool-Aid, but... I really do think there is something, and especially being family medicine and primary care, talk a little bit about your DPC recipe and like how you formulated your DPC. I wish that I was that savvy to have figured it all out. <laughs> but to be frank, I was kind of just like putzing around as, as we went, uh, just trying to figure out what holes and gaps we could fill in, in our lives to make it doable. Uh, when it comes to my quote unquote DPC recipe, it was really like, what will uh, fulfill our community and what will fulfill ourselves? <laughs> Me. <laughs> so it became, you know, we're catering to an underserved and super diverse community where we are. Uh, because we have a large immigrant population. As a Black physician, I do have a large Black demographic of patients. And that helps to fulfill me because there's a huge disparity in healthcare. And there are a lot of, unfortunately, Black patients that don't get the kind of care that I believe they deserve. And so being able to provide this kind of personalized and comprehensive and attentive care has helped to fulfill me tremendously. So I guess my recipe is what makes me happy, what makes my patients happy, what makes my community happy today. And then tomorrow it might change. 
Oh my God. I love that so much. Because that's honestly how I've started to run things in my coaching practice and in my medical practice life is like, what brings me joy? And mm-hmm. if it doesn't bring me joy, it is on the chopping block. There we because go. Because life is too short. Things are too important to just be not doing it for those mm-hmm. reasons. Mm-hmm. And especially, like you said, for your patient population, it is too important that they have a place where they can come and be actually heard mm-hmm. and cared for appropriately. So, so true. So true. And I preach it to my patients all the time. A big part of prioritizing yourself is having a relationship with a doctor that you can trust and build a decent rapport with and talk to about almost anything. Um, if you don't have that, then you're you're not really putting yourself first. In fact, you're putting your doctor ahead of yourself, their ego and their pride ahead of your care. And I think that that's pretty important. Well, I want to brag a little bit on you because you're an author as well. So tell our audience a little bit about this book that you've written that I want to brag on you about. Oh, well, sure. Thank you. Yeah. Along this lovely journey of figuring out how to prioritize myself and to care. Uh, I know that self-care, it's kind of like a fad term, but it means a lot really when you put it into real life. And after I figured some things out, I just decided, you know, I'm repeating myself too often. Let me just put it all in a book. (laughs) So this is a book uh, that I wrote about a year or so ago. It's an Amazon bestseller. It's called Fill Your Cup. A Physician's Guide to Caring for Yourself, Creating Your Purpose, and Masterfully Managing Your Condition. And it really just gives some very real tips and tricks on how to put yourself first in all aspects of self-care, how to implement spiritual self-care, emotional self-care, mental self-care, physical self-care, how to say no, how how to really put some real boundaries in life. I think saying no is so, so important. And we often see it as a selfish act, but it actually is, in fact, a really selfless act for someone to say no. It's saying that I respect you enough to tell you that me saying no is, I can't do this right now. I respect your time and your energy to not put my halfway self into your project. So I think that all that's super important and The book's been changing a couple lives here and there. So I'm super happy about that. Well, I'm super excited to put it in the show notes to share it with coaching clients and the people here on my podcast because it really is an amazing community of women who are all on the journey together and figuring it out. And it's just amazing when I have examples like you and other guests that come on and say like, hey, I'm in the middle of it. If I can do it, you can do it too. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been great to get to know you and call you not just colleague, DO colleague, but also friend. Yes, indeed. Thank you. good. All right, let's get into my kick of encouragement. And the theme today on this is make it right now. So several months, maybe a year ago, 
I don't know, I'd have to go back and look in the index. I talked about in my burnout when I didn't even like my dog anymore. So Linus, he was my one-eyed Westie wonder. I rescued him my first year of medical school from the Missouri Westie Rescue. And he was kind of it to get me through being away from home and being in med school. He traveled with me all around in my Ford Taurus. He refused to ride in the crate. He would cry all the time. So he was definitely a front seat rider. He loved Wendy's French fries. And it broke my heart when I was in the middle of burnout. And all I could think about was getting rid of him. I mean, at the time, I was pretty numb. So I wasn't thinking about it. But later on, I thought, wow. Wow, this is not good if I'm thinking about getting rid of my first fur baby. Well, Linus died in May of this past year in the middle of COVID. And I still get a little bit choked up thinking about it. He had a great, fulfilling life. Even though he had one eye and previous abuse from a past owner, he lived out his 16 years with us full of joy and happiness, lots of couch laying around, squirrel chasing, and rolling his white coat in the green grass, for which he loved. But what I want to tell you about Linus is that I made it right before he died. And I think it's so important that we acknowledge through all of our journeys that there are times when things are not going good and we feel awful and we say things that come out of our mouth and we want to get rid of our dogs because we don't know what other changes to make. Those are the moments for when it's time to make it right. So if there's a pet that you need to go love on a little bit because you've been ignoring them because you've been grinding so much, Or maybe it's one of your kids who you've missed a significant part of their childhood because you were training or you were in the office or you were in the OR. Maybe it's a spouse that's something that has popped out of your mouth a few too many times or a glare that seems to just shoot across the room at them. I encourage you today, make it right now. Go apologize. Say you're sorry. And though you can't take it back the past, Promise them that you will make the future as best as you possibly can. And then hold to that. Make it the best that you possibly can. I know that Linus died in an environment of love. And I also know that he loved me even on the worst days. I'm so thankful for that little guy. I'm so thankful that he walked my journey with me and that he saw me through to the better side. So today, make it right. Make it right for your Linus in your life, because then you can sit in your grief later on and know that you did the best that you absolutely could. (sighs) I didn't mean to get all emotional on this. This is supposed to be a kick of encouragement, but I just had to get it out because it's important. It's important to me to share that it's all not sunshines and rainbows when it comes to life, but it can be dancing between the raindrops and it can be rainbows. So I love you guys. I appreciate you. And remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters.